Hi, everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britain Frost, and today we are joined by Michelle Bernhardt from Backroads. And for those of you who don't know what Backroads is, you'll find out in a minute, but it's essentially a tour company that does active excursions, and they have partnerships with Ama Waterways on the river and Punan on the ocean. And we have done interviews with Christine Karst from Ama Waterways, and we have done an interview with Edie Rodriguez from Ponon. And so if you feel like you need a bit more of a background about those two companies, you can feel free to check out those podcasts. Um, because this is a mixed river and ocean cruise podcast, I will skip over the cruise news this week. But as you all know by now, hopefully, you can always stay up to date with the latest news on our blog over at Avid Cruiser and River Cruise Advisor. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the interview with Michelle. And uh, yeah. So hi, everyone. Today I am joined with Michelle Bernhardt from Backroads, and he is the product manager of all of Backroads ship-based travel. And if you don't know what that means yet, you will in a second. So first of all, how are you today, Michelle? It's a little bit later for you than it is for me. Yes, I'm very glad to be talking to you and us being able to bridge the the Atlantic and the time difference. So things are all very well here as we gear up for another great season here in Europe. And you were telling me that today has been a kind of a busy day because you have, you know, you've been kind of prepping everything. Yeah, so this is a time when trips start to ramp up, but mostly we get all our bike fleet out into the region. We have all our vans that are get sent to all the different parts of Europe and, of course, our on-the-ground research. So before we start taking guests to the area each year, we check everything again, change the route potentially. So that's all happening right now. So you've already mentioned uh, bikes and Mm -hmm. and some equipment. I guess we should talk a little bit about the product for those who don't know. Um, uh, You can obviously make the assumption as a listener that we're talking about something Mm -hmm. active. But what is Backroads? So Backroads started out 40 years ago, actually, exactly this year. We are celebrating 40 years by Tom Hale as uh, primarily a bike touring company. So he started taking guests out in beautiful Northern California, and that has grown over the last four decades into certainly a large range of biking options, but now an even faster growing segment of walking and hiking trips. We offer a great array of multi-adventure trips, meaning there's some biking, some hiking, maybe some kayaking, and this now all over the world. So we are on six continents, you know, close to 5,000 departures each year. And the common theme is always to connect individuals of all ages with a great um, outdoors in a very active way, in a very flexible and well-supported way. 
And you do land tours. And I know that you guys do land tours actually in Asheville, <laughs> where my dad lives, <laughs> yeah. where I'm from. Um, but I, we're going to talk specifically about cruises today. Um, you're partnered with a few different cruise lines. Which cruise lines do you work with? So when we started out offering backwards trips using as a ship, a ship as a hotel, which was in 2015, we looked around and thought about who would be a good partner. And we had certain criteria and our guests who are very discerning are coming with high expectations from our land-based trips, as you mentioned, where we use five-star hotels, really great properties to provide the nice amenities after a day of hiking and biking. So we wanted to make sure that whoever we choose as a partner offers the same level of comfort, of service, of amenities. And so in the River Coast world, we quickly landed on Ama Waterways, which has a very modern and a growing fleet, very well aligned on our um, service model to be very you know, adaptive and responsive to our guest needs. Mm-hmm. And now in hindsight, that has proven well also on the operational side. So when we started, we didn't know how it was going to be exactly uh, combining our backwards trips with a ship. No one else has done it before in that way. And Ama Waterways has proven to be uh, an excellent partner out there on the operation side, right down to giving us specific stops so we can get off and the ship continues, we ride and join the ship again. That's our, so go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. And so that is our partner for river trips. And um, perhaps later we can pivot to the really exciting domain of ocean trips where our primary partner is Ponant, so a French ocean cruise company. Yeah, and we did have Edie Rodriguez from Ponant on last week, actually. So you Wonderful. can go ahead and talk about the partnership with Ponant, too, as well. Yeah, so similarly, as we had gotten our feet wet, so to speak, with Ama Waterways, and I should say we entered very cautiously, because as you know, in the River Cruise world, the booking cycles are different. Uh, guests uh, tend to book further out in advance of the departure, which means stricter cancellation terms that mm-hmm. we are used to from our hotel partners. Mm-hmm. So we were initially a bit cautious, to be honest, and then were blown away by the response. We sold out the initial departures within a week or two and then quickly realized um, there's a big, big demand out there mm-hmm. for this combination of the backwards experience, well-supported multiple route options with a great ship partner. So then we added Rhine, Zen, Duo, Beyond, Danube, which was our initial river. And then starting in 2017, launched active ocean cruises. So with Iceland, and now this year we are offering trips pretty much all continents, maybe excluding Africa. We have um, trips in Antarctica. We have trips in, you know, right now running one in Japan and New Zealand. That was a natural evolution, seeing that the model of the backwards experience using a ship as our base is very well received, and we can execute it to the same high standards as our hotel-based trips. Yeah, and so that kind of leads into my next question, which is like, I know you touched on it a little bit, but why did you choose to start doing cruising, and what's the importance of bringing these active excursions two cruise lines that already have certain active options. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's certainly something that we thought hard about because we don't just want to duplicate something that's already out there. So we you know, looked at what is our value add? So what can we bring that guests who are taking the cruise alone um, wouldn't find? And there are a few things. Um, it's certainly clear in the case of the bike trips, but it's similar on our hiking walking trip. And so one very tangible example is the bike fleet that Backwards owns and we have um, across the world um, about 6,000 bikes, not just one type of bike, but a full range. So if you and some friends come on a Danube biking trip, you could choose from a custom titanium performance bike with electronic shifting or a more comfortable touring bike. You could have a carbon bike, an e-bike, or even a tandem. And for Mm. families, we have different bikes as well. So this is a range of bikes you know your bike is yours for the whole week. And that sets us already apart from ships um, alone who may have a pool of bikes, but it's not guaranteed for one whether you'll have it each day of the week, whether it'll be maintained and whether you have to share it with other guests, whether it's your right size. And well, yeah, so th- exactly. Whether you're going right. to find the right size if there is exactly. a limited number. Yeah. And so that is maybe the more tangible experience um, that's different, where it gets even more important to differentiate or to see where the value add or the layers are is the level of support. So we provide um, typically two on-ship leaders as hosts, as uh, problem solvers, as guides on shore, plus a team of two shore leaders who then move the bikes to the next port. So each time you arrive in port, say you arrive in the morning in Linz, bikes are waiting for you. We have great routes planned. And that's something that if you are a guest the first time on the Danube, you might not know where to go to really experience in the countryside. Mm. We actually, on our river trips, we don't follow the river all that much. We do in the prettiest parts, like the Wachau Valley in Austria. But what is really exciting and what um, sort of that backroads way is using the bike or hiking as the engine of discovery and go into the hinterland or the parts beyond the river into the small villages. Mm. and then come back refreshed to the bike. So it's the route options that I'm getting at and, of course, the flexibility. So we don't follow the leader, which I believe some bike excursions might do, um, that you might choose on a ship. So we believe very much in your pace, your way, and your route options. So you and your friends might have different ambitions for biking. One might want to go miles and miles and we have a long option into the hills of austria and then you know others might want to choose a short option and we have support and vehicles um to support that for all different options so we'll get to that in a second because i do want to talk about different Mm -hmm. skill levels but Mm -hmm. first you kind of are are touching on this really important question that i have perhaps the most important question of all which is because you're saying, you know, we don't always follow the river. We use these bikes as means to get into, you know, places that we really that people really want to see and maybe don't know about. So how does this active element really enhance the river cruise or ocean cruise experience for guests? That's an excellent question. Um, I would perhaps answered in in different layers. Um, 
One is it's something around being nimble and flexible at the same time. And and with that, I mean, um, active doesn't mean active to two different people. You know, what's too fast for one is too slow for another. And so we define active really as your pace, your way, and your experience, even though we have a group. So it's a bit like a, a non-group group experience, if that makes sense. So we are active together. We share the passion for being self-propelled, whether that's hiking or biking. And what that means is you still get to see the highlights. So when we're in Vienna, we still, you know, do a really cool walking tour of the city, but we also spend biking on Danube Island, which um, is something that some guests might not expect. It's this beautiful park right in the center. Mm. Or on the beginning of um, the Rhine trip, for instance, we bike in the Black Forest that you cannot experience right from the ship. So you're right in the area. Um, plus, of course, when you are, like I mentioned Japan right now, um, when you are hiking in the area, you get to places that the buses might not take you. As you know, um, quite a number of excursions with cruises are more the bus tour type, and they have their place and they um, meet a certain need. Um, but it is less intimate than if you're walking as a group into a village, into a temple, and you don't have to always get in and out. So there's that immediacy, that more intimate experience. And then Lastly, I would say it is really deepening the experience on ship. So we see our guests come back and actually enjoy all the great food that's being on offer because they know um, they actively explored, they you know burned off calories, and we hear that over and over that it is um, you know you come back smiling even when it's raining. And sometimes other guests comment on that um, who are on ship and say, "Wow, it's cold out, but you're happy." And so that's what being active um, does to the guests. So. Yeah. And I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, hold on. <coughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, mentioning the onboard experience is very important as well, because oftentimes when you travel, especially, you know, for someone like me, I travel by myself so f frequently, you know, I hardly ever have someone come with me. And mm to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of a mm -hmm. bigger group is always nice on a ship, regardless of what the group is, because then you feel at least like you have people with similar interests. And if you're going on certain bike tours, maybe you have a certain group if you're doing the shorter tours every day that you're with throughout the sailing, or if mm -hmm. you're doing... So, so day to day, can you do... Is it one tour per one style tour per day, or are you choosing between a bike and a hike, or a walking tour? It depends on the itinerary, and uh, and again, I'm coming back to the flexibility that allows for a group of ten travel companions, or let's simplify it and take you know two friends, or you know a partner, a husband and wife, have very different trip experiences. And of course, the on-ship experience augments that. So you could actually skip a day of the backwards activities and join the regular excursions. That's a great option. But the day-to-day, -to, -day, um, to visualize it, if we start with day one, and let's take Danube as it's the best known um, river and the most popular river, um, 
trip in in Europe. Um, we would start and meet our guests in Prague, do an introduction on the bus, talk about um, how the trip flows and already emphasize the different options over the week and encourage our guests to identify what they want to get out of the trip. Mm -hmm. We might have some who want to go mile after mile after mile and others want to have a bit more of a cultural focus. Others yet again more experiencing wine and the food. And so we start very early on to solicit this information even before the trip and in our booking process. But then once we are, you know, arriving at the Bavarian Forest location, a really quaint uh, place. Um, we familiarize guests with the bikes, we fit them, we give safety demonstrations, and from then on already, it's a very individualized experience. Mm -hmm. So on the biking trip alone, of course, biking is an option each day, but it already has two, often three different length options each day. And you could go very fast and have that extra hour to enjoy the pool on the sun deck on the ship uh -huh. or take it easy and then get a shuttle to the ship uh, at the end of the shorter option. So there is a lot of places it's really arranged. So you wouldn't say, OK, this is what you do today, um, which sometimes guests who are new to back roads and whether that's on a land based trip or ship based trip may find very surprising because you sign up for a group trip and you think I have to conform to what the group wants. Mm -hmm. But the model of staffing up so well and no other company that we are aware of does have two vans and this number of support leaders in addition to the ship-based leaders, I should say shore leaders actually, which allows us to offer that flexibility. And so each day on a biking trip, we would offer biking options. On a multi-sport trip, like a recent New Zealand um, ocean trip that we ran, would offer biking, where the biking is really great. And then we had kayaking in Milford Sound, which was phenomenal and well-received. And then hiking in areas where um, that is the best way to experience. And sometimes both. So in Iceland, for instance, which has been very popular for ocean trips, we might kayak in the morning and then hike up to the top of the fjord and get a very different experience. So we always look at where can we go where actively exploring really enhances the experience. We oh. are also ruling out quite a few itineraries, whether that's river or ocean, that we could potentially get guests on, but we know it limits our value add. Hmm. For instance, on Danube, we started with Nuremberg, Budapest, a slightly longer route, which is interesting. You have the locks, but you also spend more time on the ship, mm -hmm. as you may know. Mm -hmm. and you have to cover more distance. Yeah. And so that is one of the reasons, actually, why we like Ama waterways so much, because not only hand do they handle low water very well, but we like their Wilshofen to Budapest route. It's and just I, more value for... And I just okay. did that trip. Wonderful. Yes, Last you know what week. I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love Nuremberg. I love Regensburg. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to spend more time on ship, then that might be your trip. But if you're worried about low water, as you know, Degen, um, Degenstorf and those areas south of Regensburg always have low water issues, so we want to avoid those. And we really give guests most value if we can take them on shore during the day. And um, that is just harder if you're starting out in Nuremberg already. So for each itinerary, I use Danube as an example, but we do the same for Ocean where we ruled out destinations that are very popular with cruisers, but where we feel we just 
by geography and by the terrain, um, we wouldn't be able to do what we are known for, which is adding multiple active layers mm. to enrich the experience. Yeah. And I, I mean, we kind of are pedaling around this, so to speak, throughout the interview. Mm-hmm. You know, how much how much skill or ability is needed? I know that you're, you're talking about breaking off into different groups and doing longer rides mm-hmm. and shorter rides. Mm-hmm. When I did this these active excursions on Alma Waterways, mm-hmm. I said... You know, as long as you know how to hike or bike, you should be fine. Because mm-hmm. our bike tour was so slow. I mean, <laughs> it was fine, but it was so slow that, you know, kids were passing us on bikes. And so yeah. I think that sometimes that has to do with the group as well. And obviously mm-hmm. you spoke to, like, the amount of staff that you have. Mm-hmm. But um, but just in general, like, what what kind of skill level do people need? Um, it's a, an excellent question and one that surprises some guests when they're new because they see, you know, bikes in the catalog and some, you know, very avid riders. And we have trips catering to that, like on land-based trips that might be more Tuscany, which is more hilly or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the Alpine trips. And we have a great range. And again, even on the same trip, we tend to offer a range. We have a five-point scale. And so one being the easiest perhaps mm-hmm. um, 15 miles a day up to 40, 50 miles being a five and then all the more climbing. And so the Danube, for instance, would be rated one to four. So we are able to offer biking at a very easygoing level each day or most days and then right up to more challenging longer rides that uh, satisfy those who want more. Because in reality, as you know, you might have friends to travel with or you meet um, others in the back of the school who you have similar interest with, but in other cases, maybe not. And it's not even feeling like you're broken up into a group. It just happens that everyone rides together. And depending on the day, there might be a decision point where you say, okay, straight to lunch is another two miles, or you could add that extra loop, get more climbing in 10 more miles, and then everyone gets together again without it even being a, a forced separation or something that has a contrived you in the fast group, medium or slow group kind of model. It evolves naturally because honestly, you know, you might have had or I might have had, um, you know, one or two glasses of wine with dinner last night and don't feel that strong, then I changed my mind. So it's not um, very set even who would be the fast and slow riders. So to your question on activity level, especially now with e-bikes, if you can sit on a bike for an hour um, you would cover the basic, you know, options in most cases. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes the excursions, I think, are surprising, like the level mm-hmm. of difficulty. I signed mm-hmm. up for a hike, and I maybe mm-hmm. you've done this hike as well, talking about the Danube in Dernstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't a long hike. I mean, it was probably 30 minutes, but it was mm-hmm. so steep. Yeah. And... I was with a a young kid who was 17 years mm-hmm. old and he was even yeah. like catching his breath, you know, mm-hmm. the yeah. whole way. And so it was a great hike, but I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine that someone over mm-hmm. the age of probably 60 could do it mm-hmm. because it was yeah. gravel, you know, mm-hmm. I just, and so yeah. I, I appreciated that on the waterways incorporated that because it was a beautiful mm-hmm. hike and I had the best mm-hmm. time doing it. 
But it just seemed like there wasn't an active option for someone with a lower activity level that day Mm -hmm. because we had that hike and then we had the Wakao Valley bike tour, which was, I think, 30 Mm -hmm. miles or no, 20, but still, I mean, Mm -hmm. long. So. And that's a good example where in the backwards version, there would be potentially this hike or this being part of a different hike, but then also medium option and perhaps everyone starts out together going uh, past Weissenkirchen through the vineyards and then split off and we qualify each year even more clearly also in our catalog and web those levels that I just mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. from easygoing, which we would say level one to three to active, two to four, right up to more epic hikes, three to five. So there's clearly overlap, but even before you come on trip, um, you would know, is it one where the terrain is more challenging? Do you have to climb over alpine passes or is it more easygoing, you know, strolling or hiking? Mm-hmm. And what's you know, what's too hard for one might be too easy for someone else. So we believe in you know, being very clear and transparent in what the trip is and also conveying how we provide those options and then also on trip supporting them. Because once you have the right support, if you know there is you know, a van waiting with great snacks for you or you have an option to bail out, you might be able to reach heights you had no idea you could actually conquer. Mm-hmm. So there's that other element um, both on biking and hiking, which we find often. And you mentioned age earlier, you know, 60 is very young in our day and age. And we yeah. have guests um, ranging, of course, from families. We see a, a big uh, growth in our family um, demographic, but also hiking guests well into their 70s, even 80, who stayed very fit and active. Um, that we find as long as they know there is the potential to potentially bail or get out of um, this longer option, um, they might also risk more, or I should say um, engage more with that option, um, as opposed to if it's really the only choice and then you don't know is it too much or not, and you might miss out of a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just having someone who's really there to explain that is helpful. And of course, Mm -hmm. on a regular sailing, I'm not trying to, you know, put anything, anyone down because Mm -hmm. you have your cruise director who you can go to and ask, but level of activity is so subjective. You know, I could say, Mm -hmm. well, that hike was hard for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and someone could say, oh, well, that was easy. And, you know, because, Mm -hmm. because we have these varying activity levels. So I think that oftentimes it's a little bit intimidating to go to someone Mm -hmm. and to say, you know, like, well, if I'm going to do this hike, how hard will it be? Because they could say that it's a walk in the park and you're, you know, struggling to catch your breath and find your rhythm so yeah and especially on hiking and i don't know whether that was your experience it's very hard to hike together as a group Mm -hmm. unless you are marching in you know unison and a rhythm it's uh, hard of course to keep up with the pace that's too fast for you Mm -hmm. but it can also be frustrating to be held down and go slower especially going uphill i find that with biking too um, though that's a big difference we find once our guests understand that you can go at your own pace and you might hike with one, two, three, four other guests and our leader. But the goal is really to spread out and hike at the pace that works best for you. And you know you'll regroup at this viewpoint or at the next snack stop, whatever that might be. 
and you know that your leaders are keeping track of you. So that's really what's really setting you free um, to uh, have your own experience while being with a group of like-minded people who like um, and enjoy exploring the world actively. And how many guides do you normally have per tour group? So it depends on the size, of course. And, um, you know, in general, on our land-based trips, where we tend to take, you know, up to 26 guests, we have, uh, at that size, if we have like 20 to 26, we would have um, about four guides. It could go down to three when we have 15, 16. And on our ship-based trips, which we allow to go bigger, as we've seen that work very well, especially with mixed abilities, we staff it up and we have four to five guides at uh, those group sizes. So when it's 30 to 40, um, so it depends on the group size. We go way up to um, full charters, which I don't think I've mentioned yet, where we have about 20 leaders uh, who put on a fantastic, uh, well-received show for 150 guests on, on a ship. So it really depends on enrollment and also on the activity, how many local guides we have. Like in Japan right now, we have local guides for the whole week who are with the group, who get to know the group, and the group gets to know the guides. Uh, we might have then one backwards leader less and still run it with you know two or three backwards guides plus some local guides. And since you mentioned it, you go ahead and talk about the full charters. Yeah, this is probably um, or certainly the one of the most complex, but all the most exciting ship trips. As you can imagine, getting the bikes in the right place for 30 guests is challenging enough, and we've <laughs> mastered that now. And we do that on our ocean trips, even if it's the Baltics involving multiple countries and you know long stretches to cover with ferries. So we have the logistics down for the regular size trips. And we've seen quickly that if we can have full control over the ship in terms of nautical schedule, in terms of activities, we can add even more value. So we can say, actually, on day seven, we don't want to go straight into Budapest. We want the ship to stop in Estergom. We get off and then we bike all the way to Vach. We bike through the Danube Bend, still get on ship, cruise into Budapest in style with a party on sun deck and do our own thing that way. So that really adds a lot of value. It's great for multi-generation. We've had the last few years now, if I think back, we started 2016. We always had about 20 to 25 solo travelers. They tend to find each other. So it's a really great celebration of uh, common interest in actively exploring and doing it in a very well organized way, organized operationally. And so now we've done Danube a few years. In just a few weeks, we launch our full ship celebration in, in the Duo River. And it's interesting to see how many of the guests who are booked there are returning full ship guests from the Danube. So there's um, certainly a place for guests wanting a, more smaller, a smaller group. Um, but many really appreciate the larger camaraderie and finding more easily like-minded travelers who go at their pace and um, have the whole ship being backwards. It's just fantastic. So that, yeah, is that your is that your preferred method? Is just to have the bigger group? It is offering really most options, most flexibility. 
um, in terms of writing and support stops. Because if you imagine you have um, 20 liters, about 10 to 11 vans, you have so many more van stops along the way. Um, the overall, you have more support. I would say for guests, um, there are some who really like that. Clearly, that's growing. Next year, we offer more full charters. So we see that growing also into oceans. Overall, um, because as you know, it's also a big commitment to sign on for a full charter. I would still say we have the majority of our guests choosing the part charters, the groups of um, 15 to 30, maybe to 40. So I wouldn't quite say it's our preferred one. It um, is, or nor is it universally preferred by our guests, but certainly in terms of the value add and what um, guests can experience uh, beyond the the part charter, there's even more as we have the full run of the ship mm -hmm. and we can you know, select the entertainment that we know um, our guests would respond to uh, most favorably. So uh, preferred in that sense, um, but at the same time, we can see ourselves running only full charters um, for the year because there might not be enough sign up for each of the dates. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I know that Ralph is coming to do a back road sailing with Ponan in Croatia um, mm -hmm. next month. Yeah. What can he look forward to on that sailing? What's something that he should that he should be looking out for? So he will, for one, be amazed by the ship. So as I mentioned, Pranand is our preferred and primary partner as it shares you know, our singular focus on quality and great guest experience. So that alone is already a great you know, base for the trip as it's literally the vessel to take you from island to island. And as you leave Venice, uh, you know, comfortable there, it's a nice settling in. And then in this trip in particular, Dalmatian Coast, um, he will find that in addition to seeing those places from the ship, maybe taking a bus tour, which with Ponand, as you may know, you still have to pay an additional fee. And so you could choose whether you do that or not um, by being on the backwards trip. He will have bikes waiting for him already at the next port. We have a complex support model where we drive the bikes over pretty great distances, sometimes using ferries to be there at the right place at the right time. And then he gets off and can explore little towns, nice roads that um, he would either zoom past in the bus or wouldn't even experience. So there is this, basically this backwards experience each day with again, the flexibility I mentioned with the support model, great snack stops, Sometimes we are even called snack roads, and that's a big <laughs> part of it. Um, plus some cultural experience, because we have been in the region for, I believe, 15, 20 years now. So it's one of our first regions we started offering trips. So something I didn't emphasize as much at the beginning, which is true for all hotel-based trips. We research our own trips, and we operate our own trips. So something that... Um, I think travelers start to be more discerning of and um, ask, and at least they should ask, because there is a difference whether you have 20, 30, 40 departures a season, so you get to know your vendors. We have a great team on the ground to find the best lunches, the best routes, which is different than if you do one or two departures each year and might even subcontract out or use a 
departure manage, destination management company, so a DMC. So that adds to the depth of the experience that Ralph, um, as I hope, will see and experience is that active, um, flexible, well-supported experience on top of a great cruise to begin with. So that's um, really the best of both worlds, as I would say. Yeah. I want to do one now too. My brother has done one and my dad has yes. done one. This, that is the only thing we were just talking about how much we love podcasts. The mm -hmm. only thing that I hate and love so much about doing this podcast is that I feel like I'm missing out on something every time. Yeah, you, you can only enjoy it vicariously so much. Exactly. Um, yeah. yes. Exactly. And one yeah. last question. And, and yeah. if you feel like we need to touch on anything else, please yeah. let me know. But... Mm -hmm. What is, I mean, do you think that the Backroads experience is for everyone? Who's your demographic? Um, an excellent question. The short answer is um, it's not for everyone. And we are very clear about that. And if anything, we would sometimes, not actively, but through our transparency and what we call straight talk, turn guests away from a certain trip. We want guests to know that um, service might be an issue in some countries that are you know, slowly developing the service culture. Or we are very transparent that uh, some of our chateaus in France don't have air conditioning. So if you're a guest who really needs that um, or really wants that, then you might be better served perhaps a different trip with backroads or elsewhere. So we don't want to claim we are you know, one size fits all here for everyone. We are think we've gotten very good at defining what we are and what we are not and we communicate that through our uh, various channels um, very transparently and we encourage our guests to ask questions like what do you want to get out of this trip um, and um, and we found that really yields the best results so we'd rather have maybe in one case one or two guests fewer but those who come will come back and our repeat and referral rate shows that we have about 75 percent of our guests are either previous guests or referred by um, their friends and that shows there is a growing group who understand that's for them the best way to travel they're willing um, to pay for that added value and and trust us with their time and their vacation and so there is you know a large and you know happily uh, growing a group of uh, guests and in terms of demographics um, we see it ranging right from four years plus what we call um, uh, families and young kids um, we have a growing number of trips there very well received um, both in Europe and in North America right up to what we call classic trips so adults only and that can range from you know 50 mid mid 50 uh, up to um, older your you know the baby boomer generation and then in between the segment growing the fastest over the last few years and perhaps us being able to offer this many departures like 800 departures alone for family last year is the group of young adults with their parents mm -hmm. so you know perhaps as uh, your brother and Ralph were traveling together. It's such a great experience bonding together when traveling actively in a new area. So this group of older teens and 20s traveling with their parents um, 
that is uh, a demographic we see growing a lot across all our trips. And on ship trips in particular, again, the buzzword is multi-generational. Um, it's not even that new now, but it uh, being on a ship allows us to have a great backwards experience and easy ways to opt out. Mm -hmm. If you're traveling with your grandparents who don't want to hike or bike every day, they still have a great experience. And then for younger folks, um, we have great options and we have great family trips now in um, some of our destinations. So it's really across the whole spectrum. And within each, um, it's a kind of guest who really values independence and flexibility, but also the camaraderie. Mm -hmm. So the not, you know, wanting to be stuck in a group. Yeah. And, and that's really what sets us apart from a model where it's follow the leader or you have to exactly start at the same time um, or be at lunch at the same time. Um, I mean, clearly there are times like when the bus needs to leave at a set time, there is a commitment to be made sure. otherwise, you know, but even then you can opt out and do something else. Uh, no hurt feelings. Um, so there are certain you know, limits to the freedom. And, you know, if you have a ship leaving, then you might want to be on ship um, to make it to the next port. But, um, yeah, the, the common threat to the demographic are those who really want um, to find, you know, those cultural experiences actively have fun together while exploring the world. Yeah. As I already said, I need to, this is something that I need to do now. Yes, but, I would love to have you on one of our trips. Absolutely. And anything else that you feel like we've missed? No, I, I appreciate you taking the time to learn more about what we do at Backroads. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Britain. A pleasure. so much for joining me on avid travel with Britain frost i hope that you all have a great week as always and i will see you next time bye